Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, missed, missed the episode, but I'm happy to be back. Also, a big day for my Raiders, man. Uh, <laughs> wild card tonight, so looking for that. And we got a special guest, man. From from uh, SMH uh, twenty four, our guy over there, Bull, big Bulls fan. What what? Tell the guys what's up, uh, the fans what's up, what's up, Garrett. Happy happy back on the show, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy to be back. I'm glad that you guys uh, allowed me to be back on the show. Um, and yeah, I mean this should be a pretty good episode. Let's get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get straight into it, man. Just like how Jay said, Garrett is from uh, from the Super Mario Hoops 24 channel. Great, great YouTube channel. I'll put all I'll put all of Garrett's work in the, in the description down below, man. So make sure you check out that. But Garrett, over here on Clutch Talk, what we like to do is we like to skip the small talk and we like to get straight into the hoop talk, man. So are you guys ready to get into that hoop talk? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So we got a jam-packed episode today, guys. And we're going to the first segment we're going to start off here is who's most likely to. And the way this is going to work is it's going to I'm going to read off a statement here and then you guys are going to tell me who who you guys feel that is most likely to. You guys cool with that? Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. So look, guys, one week ago, the Spurs were sitting pretty at the 10th seed. But after going on a five game losing streak, they dropped to the 13th seed. And after the Kings' three-game win streak, they've been able to jump to the 10th seed. So we clearly see that seeds 10 through 13 is flip-flopping from, from, the, uh, from the Kings to the Spurs to the Blazers and the Pelicans. So out of all those teams, Kings, Blazers, Spurs, Pelicans, who is most likely to get that last spot, that last playing spot, which is that 10th seed? I don't know if you, I don't know if Jay Hill, you want to kick it off here for us, but who do you feel is most likely to get that last 10 CJ? I'm going to go with the, with the Spurs right now. Uh, I believe they out of that whole bunch out of those four teams you mentioned, they clearly have the best coach uh, and Greg Popovich. Uh, those young stars are ready to go. DeJounte Murray's been having a breakout season. Um, he was doing a lot of this we saw last year, but he's doing even more of it. I think Derek White's been injured. Uh, sorry, he's been in COVID protocol. So that has a lot to do with why they've been on this five game losing streak, um, as well as um, some other some other pieces that are, you know, instrumental for what they've been doing this year. So I think the Spurs are going to get back on track, led by pop and kind of uh, get back to their winning ways. And out of all those teams you mentioned, you know, Darren Fox has been mentioned in a lot of trade trade talks. Um, we don't know if he's going to end up on the team um, in this next month. Uh, we don't know what the Blazers are looking like, if they're going to be looking to move guys, those veteran pieces, Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, to name a few, um, as well as we don't know the health of Dame. And then you name two teams and the, Pel- or the Pelicans, um, we, their guys aren't healthy. Obviously, Zion's not back, so I'm just skeptical about that. So I think the Spurs, to keep the, keep the answer short, I think are going to be the 10th seed come, come playoff time. What about you, Garrett? Okay, so when – I mean, I'm sure you guys remember, like, the bubble and when they had those eight games, like, that they played. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a kind of a similar situation like this. There's about four or five teams. Everyone's like, who's going to get that last spot? And everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the Pelicans or, oh, it's going to be the Grizzlies. And meanwhile, I was, like, pretty much one of the only ones that was like, it's going to be the Portland Trailblazers. 
And simply for the fact that like they got guys like Dame and CJ and that's kind of enough, I think, in this situation. Now, right now they don't have Dame uh, and we don't know if he's even going to be back this season. I think CJ should uh, by some time, although he had a pretty serious injury too. But it's hard, it's hard to bet against the Trailblazers. They have the longest active playoff streak of any team in the league. Um, and, I mean, Anthony Simons has looked great. Norman Powell, he's missed a few games here and there. Eventually, he's going to be, like, back full-time. And then Yusuf Nurkic, uh, I believe he just came back as well. These other teams, like the Sacramento Kings, I believe they're probably going to be shopping guys at the trade deadline. So I don't know how we can necessarily predict, like, what they're going to look like. The Spurs would probably be like my next pick, though. I think they're probably the team that's like, if it's not going to be Portland, it's probably going to be the Spurs. But especially if Dame does come back sometime this year, and then CJ, I believe he should be back uh, in sure time. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to bet Monday. against them. He's uh, going to come back. Yeah, he's going to be back Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's hard. It's just hard to get uh, bet against Portland. Um, so that, that that's just my pick. I, I, absolutely, man. You know, and and if, if we're talking about a, a, a fully healthy roster of all these teams, I would be right there with you. And, and I would feel right. very comfortable w- with going with Portland, but only on the fact that I don't feel I don't know if Dame and that and, and that entire Portland team's got enough time to really play together. Uh, it's been like Dames was hurt, then CJ was hurt. And then this happened to Yusuf Nurkic. And I feel like they haven't really got much time together. Although the Spurs, like how Jay said, uh, they've been on this five game losing streak because of Derek White. Uh, but we know, I believe in their coaching. I definitely believe in their roster more than the Pelicans roster and more than the Pelicans coaching. The Kings, like how both of you said, I agree. I think they're going to be looking to ship people come, come, come trade deadline. So that really eliminates all these teams just by process of elimination to the Spurs, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on, on, on this one, Jay, to, to, to go with the Spurs, but absolutely Garrett. I, I, I feel you. I feel you on that, on that Blazers point because the Blazers healthy, man, they are a scary team. That's one of the teams that, you don't want to see, man. Like if you they end up being getting caught yeah. in the eighth seed, that's a team that nobody really wants to see fully healthy, man. But yeah. No, I mean I agree with that. Yeah, no. Blazers fully healthy, Garrett. I for sure would take them. Um, but I just think they're gonna be looking to move some of those veteran pieces, namely Robert Covington to possibly back oh, yeah. to uh He's, to, he's to, to Chicago, maybe. <laughs> Actually, Chicago. I know, know. Know. I, I do not want Robert Covington. I, <laughs> I think he I think he'd be great for y'all. You need some some uh some you could play small with him potentially in the lineup, but that's just an early, early uh option. Early what prediction? I saw last night. Okay, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I know we need I know we need defense and all, but like just by watching Robert Covington, it's like his lack of just it's crazy. I've never seen a guy miss more open threes than Robert Covington. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I I would probably like lose my mind if he was on the Bulls because it's like, dude, like you're getting every opportunity presented to you, especially if he's playing with a guy like Bonzo. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he he's gonna get you like a ton of open looks. So I don't know. I I probably wouldn't be able to handle Robert Covington on my team. <laughs> he right. helped defensively, but still, I I just don't know if it's worth it. He de- yeah he de- he definitely would be, would be big help defensively, man. But yeah. got to see if that's gonna be worth it offensive wise. But what's up, Jay? Garrett, Garrett, what about uh, another name for you? What about Jakob Pertl? But you have to give up Patrick Williams for that rim Ooh. protection. That see, physicality, y'all. I mean, I I I wouldn't do that. I think Patrick Williams like. I feel like people got too, uh, like they tried like 
kind of disrespecting him a little bit in the few games he played early this year. And they're like, oh, he's a bust. Like, he's not going to pan out, whatever. Uh, just because people are kind of impatient with younger players now. But training him, I feel like he could personally, like Patrick Williams could be, I'm not going to say Kawhi Leonard, but I think he no. could have a lot of similar qualities of him. Absolutely. And trading him for a guy like Jakob Pertl, who, I mean, he's been pretty good too, but I just don't think he has the same ceiling as Patrick Williams. And I would love Jakob Pertl on my team at like the backup center, but don't know if I'm willing to part ways with Patrick Williams. I mean, they could, they could take Tony Bradley for all I care. <laughs> I mean, go ahead, Tony Bradley for Jakob Pertl, and I'll do it. <laughs> all right, mm. so, so then, so then well, while we're on the lines of, you know, just t- kind of talking about the Bulls, I do, I do want to, I do want to ask you a, a question, Gary, because you know uh, Jay brought up the point of trading for for for, for Yakupertal, and I agree with you with your point in that I think Patrick Patrick has a higher ceiling than than Yakupertal, but there is a championship window, right? Every team is a championship window that you must meet, and and we don't know if how long this championship window is going to last for the Bulls right now. I mean, I I. I, I have the Bulls as a serious contender this year, and they seriously have a chance of being a cha- uh, the champions. But my only issue is that I that rim protection and that defense. And I think that Patrick Williams has a higher ceiling, but do you really want to risk this DeMar Lonzo and um, uh, DeMar Lonzo and, this, and, uh, and Zach Levine? Do you want to risk this championship window for the growth of Patrick Williams, or do you want to bring in a player that's going to help the winning now? Just for for a for a Bulls fan, like how how do you feel about that? Do you you want to prioritize the uh, the growth or the championship window? You see, I think most Bulls fans would probably disagree with me on this, but I think we, I I personally think that we could like wait it out, like for Patrick Williams. I mean, he's gonna he's expected to be back. He might even come back before the season ends. They say, but. I mean, he's expected to be back at least by the start of next year. So, and we got a guy like that who could help out a lot defensively. Um, So, and I mean, offensively, I think he has tools again to elevate his game. But I mean, guys like DeMar, he's what, like 31 years old or something like that. Vucevic is around like 29, 30. But these guys like have been relatively um, like durable, like throughout their career. Like most of the reasons that they've been out this year have been like, COVID or safety protocols or something like that so I mean I don't know I think that we can wait it out the other guys like that are part of the core of the team you know guys like Levine Lonzo uh Dosunmu Kobe White like all those guys are pretty young uh, Troy Brown Jr so I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily like go all in like yeah it would be nice to come in the first year and like win it all and everything but I mean I think that just taking a step in the right direction even if we didn't win the championship but just like where we're at right now is already like a big improvement and then maybe next year or the year after like then we can make like that serious push like if we don't this year but yeah that's just what I think absolutely all right all right well that that I just I just wanted to you know check the temperature on that from from a a, a expert Bulls fan man but so then so so then let's let's keep it pushing guys and let's let's talk about our next statement here and that is who is most likely to get shipped from these from this rebuilding Indiana Pacers team? Garrett, I know you're over there in Indiana, so I don't know if you want to lead it off here for us and tell us who you think is going to be the first player to get shipped. I mean, I think the cliche answer would be Miles Turner, just for the simple fact that he's been in trade rumors like ever since Paul George was on the team. Like it seems <laughs> like like seems like every year there's always like a new Miles Turner like trade package being made. 
uh, and he's still there. But I don't know. I just feel like history is going to repeat itself. And he might get traded, but I think the first trade that they'll do might be to get rid of, like, Karis LeVert. I know, like, one of the biggest things that Pacers fans have been upset with this year is their inability to close games. I believe they're first in the whole NBA in first half points, and then they're, like, last in second half points. And a big reason of that is because Karis LeVert, he has the ball in his hands a lot down the stretch, and then he's not creating, um, you know, good looks, and he's often turning the ball over. He did it in that game I went to against the Bulls like two weeks ago. Like he was kind of one of the biggest reasons they lost down the stretch after they took the lead. So I don't know, like, I just think he's probably going to be gone. Um, And I think maybe him and Miles Turner might be the only two notable people moved. I don't know if they'd move Sabonis. Obviously they can't trade Brogdon. So I don't know that that's where I think, I think Levert would be like to answer your question, the, the first guy they move. Okay. What about you, Jay? Yeah, I'm right there with Patrick. I think it's one of the two. It's either Turner or Karis LeVert. And actually, that specific game that you were at, Garrett, um, the, the game where DeMar hit that game winner, I saw the same thing from Karis LeVert, you know, down the stretch. I question his play, his decisions down the stretch, the shots he takes. Um, there was a lot of looks, even some timely turnovers that kept – uh, kept the Bulls in the game um, when when he didn't have to make those decisions. And I think he's definitely expendable. Um, I think they believe more in, you know, Sabonis and Brogdon moving towards the future, if not just seeing what they can do maybe next year when they got all their guys back um, and, and try to build, get some young guys, maybe some draft picks in return, and then kind of still have Sabonis and keep that core for a little bit. Um, I think Miles Turner's definitely getting the short end of the stick there. But uh, within reason, I think between Tim and Sabonis, Sabonis can do more just playmaking, um, his ability to rebound and score. Miles Turner is definitely a great secondary um, or third option on, on a championship team, even kind of fourth. I think his defensive ability is the best thing that he can bring to that, his rim protection. So that's why there's going to be a lot of suitors and teams I'm inquiring about him. And I think he'll be kind of the first to go, if not Karis LeVert, a team where who needs kind of that scoring Jordan Clarkson kind of player off the bench. I don't believe he's a starter on a championship team. That's just how I think. I think he's best in kind of a six-man role, um, mercenary type of role. So that's that's my answer. Yeah, you know yeah. who uh, – oh, sorry. Go, no, was, go, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I, I was going to say I feel like Karis LeVert reminds me of um, – like if you guys remember Ricky Davis, yeah. like yeah. He, he, it, seemed, <laughs> yep. it seemed like, you know, when he, when he, when he was hitting his shots, like this guy was almost unguardable when he yep. wasn't like, he just looked kind of like a bonehead out there, <laughs> like to put it simply. And he could do a little bit of everything, but I don't know, like that, that's kind of the vibes I get from uh Karis LeVert, but that, that's all I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Karis yeah. LeVert, AKA Ricky Davis, man. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with both of you guys. I think that Miles Turner will be, will most likely be the first to get shipped only because, uh, he is the most expendable. Any time, all 29 other teams in the NBA would most likely want a rim protection, uh, would most likely want an elite rim protection like him, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I think that'll be the easiest, uh, for the Pacers to, uh, to ship out, man. But, Let's keep it pushing here, guys, and let's get to our next statement here. So uh, we've been seeing at the top of the West, the Warriors and the Suns have been a flip-flopping for the best record in the entire league. So out of these two teams, the Warriors and the Suns, by the end of the season, who is most likely to finish with the best record in the entire league? Jay, I don't know if you want to kick this one off for us. 
I mean, honestly, that's that's a tough question. Um, I think it's I'd go more with shoot, I don't even know. Maybe <laughs> I think it's just all ultimately gonna come down to who who's playing. Like I would say more of the Suns because they have the ability to, you know, kind of play everyone. I think the Warriors are fine with taking, you know, the second or third uh third seed as long as they're in the top three. Um, but I think that ultimately both teams would love to have um, home court advantage. And I think the Warriors may try to gun with that. But I, we've seen in the past with them that didn't work out too, too great for them in 2016 when they got that first seed and then, um, you know, blew that blew that 3-1 lead, you know, the historic 3-1 lead against the Cavs. And, and uh, I think they're more inclined just to rest guys. And if it means getting the second seed, I think they're comfortable with that. And I think the Suns, uh, might be pushing a little heavier for that number one seed in the, in the West and maybe ultimately the best record in the league so they can try to have a home court advantage throughout. So I think may, maybe more the Suns with the, the Warriors trying to integrate some guys, give some guys some rest, um, they'll be more comfortable sitting in that two seed. So I'll go with the Suns for now. What about you, Garrett? Yeah, I'm also going to agree with Jay Hill. I think at the start of the season, I had the Suns as like my first seed like going in so I think that I mean I'm still gonna stand by that that right now they're in the first seed um but I don't know I think that the Warriors like obviously like reintegrating some of these other guys like you know Clay and eventually they're gonna add Wiseman back uh and they've been without like Draymond and like Gary Payton just missed the game the other day so it's like they're kind of like in a weird stretch where it's like you know they got to get everyone like integrated um (laughs) <laughs> I feel like someone's going to be watching this and they're going to be like, oh, he's just saying that because he's salty. The Bulls got spanked by the, <laughs> the Warriors. And that may be true. But, <laughs> uh, but um, no, I, I think realistically, I think the Suns are going to be the first seed. And to even add to this, like, I don't know, like, not just like for the Warriors' sake, but also even the Suns, like, I mean, if they want the one seed, they might want to look out for the Grizzlies, like the way they've been playing lately. So. I don't know, but I'm I'm a, I'm a roll with uh, Phoenix as well on this one. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 right there with you guys for 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 Phoenix, man. And right now, uh, Phoenix has the best re- the best road record right now in the league. And 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 honestly, I genuinely believe that like they're holding on to all these feelings that everyone had about them last year, saying like they're not for real, they're not for real. And I think that they're generally just trying to gun for that top spot in the league to where everyone's like, oh well, we're not for real. We're look now we're sitting at the top of the league with the best road record. So I think that I, I I'm gonna agree with uh, both you guys in 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 both in what you guys both said and uh that the warriors are aren't you know they aren't as as a they aren't as as looking forward to being like oh look at us we're we're proven we are that for real team that you guys doubted us and i think that the suns are a bit are, are a bit more worried about that so uh, i'm gonna go ahead and uh go with the the, the three-way tie with the suns on the i mean three-way agreement with the suns and then let's move to our last statement here. So both the Celtics and the Hawks have been having disappointing seasons so far, both teams sitting outside of the top 10 seeds. So who is most likely to not out of those two teams, out of not even make the play in? So 10 seed or below. Um, okay, I'll, I'll start. So I think that personally, the Atlanta Hawks are more likely to. Um, I think, though, that the Celtics probably had more expectations, like, personally going into this year and that seems weird because like the Hawks made the conference finals but I feel like a lot of people like kind of wrote them off like a little bit like even going into this season so uh 
I mean, that's where I sit with that. But, I, I mean, the Hawks just look terrible. I think they're, like, 28th in defense right now. Um, they're not really great uh, either at, like, rebounding. And that's, like, kind of weird because, like, you got Capella, you got Collins, uh, you got Okongwu and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Like, I think I, I was kind of confused by the Cam Reddish move. I saw that he did, like, I guess request out, like, a while ago. So, maybe that's why. But, I mean, they probably could have put more effort to, like, making that work out, like, before they just got rid of him. And it's not like they didn't – they got really much back for him. I mean, they got Kevin Knox, who he could be pretty good. But, I mean, if he gets the same opportunity he got in New York, then it's almost like – an L trade already because it's like, he's not going to be contributing much to the Hawks. Um, So I don't know, like they need to do something. I personally didn't think the Hawks now, I didn't think they were going to be this bad, but I didn't think they were going to be like the team that a lot of other people were hyping up to be before the season. I think Nate McMillan got overhyped a little overrated like last year as a head coach. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where I stand. I think the Hawks, they're more likely to miss out. They're, I think they're even closer to, like, the Pacers right now than they are, like, the 11 seed, like, who I think is, like, the Knicks, or maybe it is the Celtics or something. But uh, I think they're, like, tied maybe. But I don't know. Like, they they got to they gotta fix something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there, Richard. And then, Jay, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you got, Celtics or Hawks? Who's going to miss the plan? I'm going to go with the Hawks right now, um, just in terms of, yeah, I don't really know what, what they're doing right now. I think I, I like the move of giving up Cam Reddish. But to me, I think to free up some time because they had, you know, a kind of a three-way three way jam with all those guys, you know, Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, um, DeAndre Hunter, who just came back from injury, and then Cam Reddish. So you, it was kind of just a fight for minutes. So you never really knew who was going to get minutes night to night. Now each of them can get about 30 minutes around that. Uh, around that time of game and I think we're going to see some continued development for those guys and more of an opportunity which is good Um, knowing that they're going to get some um, a certain amount of playing time night to night can be good and beneficial especially for a young player trying to develop in the league Um, you look at Cam Reddish and and, you know you talked about it Garrett why the, the Knicks were able to get him for so cheap and a lot of it I think might to do a lot of teams around the league knew that the Hawks were desperate maybe to get him off. Um, yeah. he had, like you said, he, he had asked for a trade. Um, so that was why maybe they were able to get him for a discount, but it's definitely a head stretcher because we've seen, we've all seen the potential from what Cam Reddish can do. And then like you mentioned, Kevin Knox really hasn't had much of a time to shine besides, you know, maybe his first two years um, and a half maybe, but he's, and they're kind of very similar player. They play the same position you know, haven't got much of a time to, to shine and uh, put in work, but I'm going to go with, with the Hawk, uh, sorry, the Celtics right now, because I think it's but like, they got to make the playoffs or JB or Jason Tatum has gone. Um, in my opinion, I think they're going to be looking to move those guys. If they don't even get the playing game, let alone the playoffs. I think it's uh, one of those guys is out. So I think they really know that. And it's a matter, it's sense of urgency for them okay, uh, so- more so than the Hawks. Yeah. Okay, so 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 you got the Celtics making the play in, right, Jay? Yeah, I got the Celtics making the play in over the Hawks. If you're if we're choosing between the two, yeah. I think both of them will, will make it though. Okay, okay, yeah. I, yeah. I actually, you know, if if we're choosing between the two, I actually think that the Celtics aren't going to make it, man. I, I've been saying since the since the beginning of the uh, of the season, I don't know how Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Dennis Schroeder, the three three ISO players are going to really work out and be a good team in this league. I've been saying that since, since the beginning of the season, but, uh, but I mean, 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, their, their talent level is just so insane that he just kind of ends up, it kind of ends up working out. Uh, but then, but then with the Hawks, um, the Hawks, man, it's crazy because they were just in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and it's not like, and it's not like they they got some like Phoenix Suns run, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, the uh, they they definitely got some fortunate teams, but they didn't get every single team fortunate, and they were playing very well last year. I know, uh, I know Jay, he he was man number one Hawks guy last year. He was talking to, to, to telling me uh, that the Hawks going to beat the Sixers. I was like, no, they're not. They beat the Sixers, and then they, they said the Hawks going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I said, no, they're not. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So. I, I I just think that I think the Hawks are going to be able to figure turn this around and figure it out, man, because I just I just don't think it was I don't think it was necessarily a fluke that they were in the Eastern Conference finals last year. And I think that they've been they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, not have a lot of uh, consistency. But I think that they will be able to turn around and uh, and make that play in over the Celtics, man. Another. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Our, I, I see what you're saying about that they'll be might be able to figure it out, but this mm. that's kind of why I have both of them making. But between the two, I think the Celtics will be a higher seed. But another reason for concern, and we got to be monitoring that towards the deadline, is John Collins recently coming out and saying uh, he's frustrated with the way his role for the Hawks, which is definitely concerning. You know, he we saw him get the bag in the offseason, and he's still had, saying this. Um, that's very concerning for their number two guy you know, behind Trey for him to come out and say that publicly uh, is very concerning. So we, we got to monitor that around deadline. I don't know if he'll be moved, but definitely some, some reason for concern there and, and the ability for the Hawks to be, you know, in considerable fashion and, and, and good and good fashion come around, you know, playoff time or get in the play in for that matter. So. Absolutely. Jay. That's, I, I go, go ahead. That, uh, I, I was just going to say, I think that like it also, so it shouldn't be forgotten that they they both haven't like a good chance there's a good chance that they both miss it you know like mm-hmm. we just the way they're playing I mean like we don't know if they'll even turn it around uh because right. like bo- both these teams like I haven't really been high on like I know I touched on the Hawks but like the Celtics I haven't really been high on either so mm-hmm. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they both missed it and instead like you know, the Knicks and the Wizards or whatever, like get those last few spots. But I don't know, <laughs> man, that would be crazy, man. But absolutely, <laughs> man. So, all right. So then let's uh, let's go ahead and get to our next segment here. This is a new segment we're introducing here, man. So we are finally halfway through the season, guys. So I figured why not, you know, bring the bring the guys on the pod and then let's talk about let's talk. Let's answer some of these uh, halfway through the season questions. So for all of these you can answer these as a player or as a team. It's just totally your choice, whatever comes to mind. But uh, I'll go ahead and read off the first question here. So for through the first half of the season, who has what team or what player to you has been the biggest surprise? Um, I guess, like, for me personally, I think the biggest surprise. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to give two answers, I guess. Uh, for one, I will say it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And simply like their kind of dynamic duo of Garland and Jared Allen. And I won't even really sleep on Mobley because he's shown his flashes too. But I think like, especially with the narrative that was built around Darius Garland, like in his rookie year, and they said he was going to be like a bust. Like he was just, I think people called him like the worst player in the NBA, like after his first season. And like now we're here and he looks like he might be an all-star. Like Jared Allen looks like, arguably a top five center in the league, probably at least like top six, top seven or so. And he'll, he might be an all-star too. So I think that just like the way the Cavs are playing, like nobody could have saw this coming. I think I had him like 14th, like before the season started. 
and now they're like above a playing spot. And then the other one I'll say is just like the Toronto Raptors. I think that everyone wrote them off. You know, obviously they were written off after they lost Kawhi, and then they came out and got the second seed. Then last year, people don't realize that they were hit with, you know, obviously the spike and like COVID and stuff, and then people getting injured. Um, and then, you know, obviously losing guys like Kyle Lowry and Ibaka and stuff like that. People stopped like paying attention to them, it seemed like. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet, like he might be an all-star this year. And if Siakam hadn't missed so many games, he might be an all-star this year. You know, Gary Trent Jr., like when he's on, like he's one of the most lethal players like in the whole league. And then OG Ananobi, he got off to a great start early this year. And then I think he missed uh, some time. And then you know, like all these other guys like on their team, Scotty Barnes too, like he's putting up like a, a possible rookie of the year campaign. Like you can't sleep on them and you really can't sleep on Nick Nurse. I mean, as a result, like he won coach of the year a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just like where I sit. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you uh, in the East. I think the, the, Cle- the Cleveland Cavaliers sitting at, you know, the 60, 25, and 18, looking at their record right now. I said no one, including myself, I actually had them in our preseason, you know, Eastern Conference predictions. I had them as the worst team in the East, and boy, was I wrong. Uh, led by Darius Garland, like you said, Evan Mobley looking like a future, you know, all-star star. Um, not not so so much yet. You know, we, we heard Junior say that on the last episode, John, mm-hmm. um, about him not being a star yet, which is true. But then you look at Jared Allen, you know, I think he's the top 10, top five big, however you want to say it. And, you know, the, the rest of the, their, their players, um, unfortunately, Ricky Rubio going down, I think he, they could have been better, maybe a top five seed um, when it's all said and done. But I think, yeah, the Cavaliers, biggest surprise in the, in the East. And then um, I push it, I switch, flip it over to the next side and a team who's the third seed, you know, um, the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that's definitely the biggest, the biggest surprise, you know, 30, 30 and 15, 15 games over 500 led by Ja Morant. Um, even when he's not, we've seen them 10 and two or, or 11 and two record without him. So that just shows off the depth of, of that team. You know, he was out for a month. They were able to sustain and play, you know, some amazing basketball, arguably the best basketball, um, you know, streak that we've seen besides the Suns. Obviously, that ended last night against the Mavericks, but they're playing some great basketball. We've seen guys plug and play guys um, who have been able to step up when guys are out. So I, I think the Grizzlies um, are definitely, to me, uh, I, I view the, the Warriors as the best team in the West um, and, and in the league for that matter. But I, I would not, if I was any team in the West, I would not want to see the Grizzlies because uh, I think they're the scariest and, you know, youngest, hungriest team in the West. So uh, so it's Grizzlies for me in the West. Yeah, you know what? Got like to be real with you, Jay. I really was gonna go Cavs because I'm like, man, like every I had them as like the second to worst team in the league. I didn't think uh, uh, the three seven footers were, were were gonna work out. I still wasn't high on Garland, but after hearing what you just said, Jay, you're right. It's absolutely the Memphis Grizzlies because nobody had the Memphis Grizzlies sitting in the top three seed, going on a 11 game win streak, and then when when missing your best player going 11 and two so absolutely jay honestly you convinced me on that one the 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 memphis grizzlies have absolutely my opinion been been the biggest surprise um and then and then if we keep it pushing let's you know let's jump to the opposite side which team has been the biggest disappointment to you or which player would you answer how you want 
Jay, you know what my answer is, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers sitting at uh, the the seventh seed. I believe they're five hundred right now. Um, I I think that that's that's honestly like a little bit of a a, a wish, like a good a good thing that they're five hundred and be able to you know, despite all the injuries we've seen, I just think that the off season signing of Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> excuse me, was the worst uh, worst thing that happened to that franchise in, in a while. And I think um, obviously nothing against Russell Westbrook. I always have to slow down and say it there, man. But I think that just he's he's not a he's not a great basketball player. Um, nothing to do with his character and and what he brings to that team. And and I think in his head, like we saw, I'm going to talk more about that Kings Lakers game down the stretch when you're two for 15 and, and despite the defense wants you to take threes and he still continues to Man. settle for those shots. When you got guys like I'm even more comfortable with Austin Reeves, a rookie Malik Monk, um, you know, LeBron, obviously those guys taking those shots instead of a guy who's two for 15. And I think that's the biggest weakness that that Laker roster has right now. Um, despite my questions about their depth, but I think, you know, they got to think about benching him because I think as long as he's running that point and taking up significant minutes and shots, I think it's a huge um, disappointment for the Lakers. Um, and yeah, that's my biggest disappointment this season at the Lakers. Absolutely. What about you, Garrett? Yeah, Jay Hill, I think you were saying that right. Russell Westbrick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to go down the same road uh but it's it's got to be the lakers i think that everyone expected them to be like head and shoulders above every other team at least in the western conference because Mm -hmm. i think people assume the nets big three would all be playing too and maybe they'd be their biggest challenge but i mean the lakers they've just looked really bad uh sitting roughly at like 500 at this point in the season uh it almost seems like unacceptable and i know you might say like oh they got like regular season fatigue and all this stuff but it's Mm -hmm. like They've also had a lot of guys like in and out and they really haven't found any consistency together at all. You know, like LeBron went out early and then LeBron comes back and now AD comes out. But even in those games they were together on, like all three of them, they didn't look good. You know, like Anthony Davis, like was incredibly soft. I, I believe we even talked about it. Like Man. when he came on my show about like, I, like, I hate how AD's like so yeah. soft and stuff. Man. Um, and then like, I mean, LeBron, I think he started off the year a little slow, but ever since he came back, he's played really good. And then Westbrook has just been very bad. And it's it's kind of funny. Like, it's kind of weird how, you know, like, you got to realize, like, he definitely hears what people are saying about him. And the fact mm-hmm. that people for almost the first two months of the season were like, oh, like, can he have a game where he doesn't turn the ball over like seven, eight times? Can he have a game where he can uh, shoot well from the field or whatever? And then it's like, okay. And then now he has like some zero turnover games since, and he still isn't shooting well from the field at all. And he's not, he's getting like, he goes from a triple double to a triple single, you know? know? So it's like your, your impact that everyone says, you know, like you're one of the greatest ever to like get the triple doubles and stuff like that. It's like all gone. Like you're supposed to be the second guy on the team when Anthony Davis isn't there, you know, like you're a former league MVP. But personally, like, I've always been kind of critical of Westbrook. I didn't think it would fit uh, in this team. Um, I don't know. He, he just kind of looks like a football player trying to play basketball out there. So, 
I, I don't really analogy. like that. It's a really and good then, analogy, actually. That's a really good yeah, pull in a China shop. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't know. I mean, I just think that like I don't know who's gonna want him though. It doesn't seem like anyone mm-hmm. really uh, is, you know, wanting the target Russell Westbrook in the mm-hmm. trade market, but they 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 got to do something. I think I think the GM is gonna have to work his magic. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have to work, man. But all right, all right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Lakers have been absolutely having a disappointing uh, disappointing season so far. But actually, that's not who I have. My most disappointing team. I actually have the Atlanta Hawks, man. I mean, uh, they we just saw them make an Eastern Conference Finals run last year. Now they're not even in the play-in situation. They've lost nine in a row games at home. If you're losing on the road. You don't want to be losing anywhere, but if you're losing on the road, okay, I get it. That's acceptable, but you need to protect home court. And for the last nine games in a row, they've lost at home. They're on a four-game losing streak right now, man. So I, I just think that with the players you have and with the the run you just made, literally the previous the, the 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 previous year, I think that you should at least be sitting anywhere in, in the top. I would say top six. I would say anywhere in top six, you could ex- you should expect the Hawks to be sitting in, and for them to be out of the top ten is definitely uh, definitely disappointing to me, man. But um, but all right, man. So then so then let's keep it pushing and let's go to uh to to our next little question that we have here, and that is who is your turnaround team of the second half? So they they maybe they haven't had the greatest first half of the season, but you think they'll have a great second half and playoff of this of this the, the second half of the season. I mean, I think obviously, like, ah, man, I don't know. See, it all depends because I'm looking at like when some of these players could come back. And I've heard like some uh, positive like reports on their two best players potentially being back in enough time in the season. But if that's the case, I'm, I'm picking the LA Clippers. I think they've already played this year pretty well. I mean, like they're 500 and or so, and their best player has arguably been like Eric Bledsoe and Marcus Morris and Brandon Boston. You know, like if, if you if you just laid out on a piece of paper all these guys, you'd be like, no, that's dead last in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference even maybe or around there. And I think the way that they're still like top eight in the Western Conference, that's pretty impressive. Um, and if they get guys like Paul George back, if they get Kawhi Leonard back, who it sounds like Kawhi is ahead of schedule on his return. So – if that's the case, like, who knows? Like, they might be able to push into, like, maybe a five or six seed uh, at least by the end of the year. And then no team really wants to see them in the playoffs at full strength. Uh, I'm trying – I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, who else could be. Like, maybe the Knicks. Like, they're missing a few guys right now. D. Rose is out. But I don't know. Like, I- I- I'll-, I'll stick with the Clippers. That'll be uh, my pick. Okay. What about you, Jay? Yeah. yeah, no, I <laughs> – Garrett said it best. Like, I'm going to have to agree with him again. I think the Clippers, uh, the team that made it to the to Western Conference Finals last year, um, despite some te- people saying, you know, they're overrated and, and, and this and that, I think Ty, Ty Lue honestly doesn't get enough credit, especially, you know, being 21 and, and 22 without their two best players at this point. Like Garrett said, they're, 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 they shouldn't even be there, honestly, um, sitting in that playing game uh, seventh or eighth seed, I believe what they are right now. And uh, I think that they're poised to make, make a turnaround and, and get to maybe even the playoffs, like a playoff spot in the top six seed. Um, and, and I really foresee that they, they, I know that uh, Hartenstein, a guy who's um, slept on, he's coming back, I think believe today. 
um, or he's questionable today. And he, he's a, a good piece, a good centerpiece for them. Um, I honestly think he should be starting for them. But when they even get Paul George or Kawhi back potentially this season, I think, yeah, like you said, any team in the West wouldn't want to see them because um, they can be very dangerous, especially how deep they are. Um, one of the deepest teams in the West, in my opinion. So the Clippers are poised for a turnaround, if you want to call it that, uh, in the second half. Absolutely, man. Uh, the team, the team that I think is poised for a turnaround is actually is actually the Lakers, man. Because not only have them and the and the Magic been the team that's been most affected by uh, players missing, whether it's been through injuries, through COVID, so they haven't really had a chance to have a full healthy roster. Gear. I mean, Garrett, even you said like first LeBron went down, then then AD went down. But also another uh, another point that I really want to bring up is like you know AD is always crying and complaining about playing the five, and he doesn't want to play the five, and he's always he's always crying. I want to play the four, right? But now that AD has AD has been out and LeBron has has been playing the five, there is just ab- LeBron is thirty seven and he's playing the five. There's absolutely no excuse in 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 the world as to why when AD comes back, he's in the dead center of his prime right now and. And he has LeBron James, a 37-year-old, playing the five, not complaining. But AD can't do it, man. So that's why I think that once, uh, once, a, once AD comes back, once the Lakers get gets healthy and AD, AD comes back, there's no, uh, there's no reason, there's no excuse for him to cry and complain this time to not play the five. And when and when AD plays the five, I mean, the the we see what he can do, man. When he brings it, when he actually chooses to bring that effort and uh, try on on the defensive end. He's definitely a elite, elite five in the, in this league, man. So I definitely think that uh, this little stint of him being out and LeBron having to play the five will f- force him <laughs> to come back and, and play this five. And then, and then, and then maybe the Lakers will get a chance to have a fully healthy roster for the second half of the season. And then also, I mean, we know LeBron, Oh, he said, it's what he does. Like he ramps up, uh, he ramps up near the playoffs. But just one thing I do want to bring up is that he's always ramped up before the playoffs and started to, 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 to play a lot better on, I would say better teams on every other, every time he did that, he was on a better team than he currently is on right now. And I don't know if all these other players have the same ability that LeBron has to, you know, two, two months and a half to like two months or like a month before the, before the playoffs start turning it up. So I definitely think that, the 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 Lakers should to, to to take that into account. LeBron should take that into account. But not everybody is LeBron James, man. So I I will say I think that they they will have a chance for sure to flip the switch. I mean, like just from the standings, I believe like I think Portland's in tenth right now, right? And they're like I think four or five games back. Of like I think Minnesota's in ninth. So there's a big enough gap there that the Lakers they they should finish no lower really than ninth. So no matter what, they're going to be like at the very worst in the play in and they're going to have like a playoff atmosphere where it's like, all right, we got to flip the switch like right now. So, I mean, we'll, we'll probably see that like at some point, like what's like the best out of the Lakers, um, you know, but yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, 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 once you're at the bottom, you can only, you can only go up, man. So <laughs> it'll be, it'll be easier to turn around. So, all right. And then, and then let's, let's flip to the <laughs> other side. So uh, let's let's talk about who's your falling team. Like who? What team do you think? Um, whether they did bad in the first in, in the first half of the season or whether they did good, do you think that they'll do even worse or, or, or they'll do worse uh, the second half of the season? Who's your falling team? I think I think the Trailblazers, man. I think especially without their leader and Dame, um, it's going to give a lot of. The, we've seen Anthony Simons, um, you know, kind of shine 
recently um you know cj's coming back but i just don't ultimately i think they're going to be shopping getting rid of some guys they're going to be uh roco i think is gone i think nurkic potentially some some contender or a team you know trying to make a push for the playoffs is going to be interested in him maybe toronto i don't know um but i think the the blazers are going to be falling out of that 10 spot and a team like the spurs who i mentioned earlier or the kings uh, we'll kind of make a push for the, for that playing spot. And I think the Blazers just ultimately got to accept um, their fate. You know, Dame, I think he got surgery. The timeable right now is four to six weeks. Um, he feels better, which is expe- better than expected, which I think it was originally six to eight weeks. Um, but I just ultimately think he's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. And they're not really – you make the play-in game, so what? You're going to lose um, to whoever the nine seed is at that point. So I think – I don't think anything's going to get better for the the Blazers – they got to realize that that backcourt of CJ and Dame, um, the time, the expiration date has passed on that. And I think they got to look make to make a move, um, either one of them or both. I don't know. But I think the Blazers are going to uh, set for a kind of a bumpy ride here to end the season. Yeah. OK, so I think I'm going to roll with uh, the Washington Wizards on this. Uh, and for the fact that I believe they've played. I think outside of the Lakers, I think they've played the second most games in overtime this year. And they're really good in those overtime games. I will give them credit there. But at the same time, it's like if you're going to overtime so many more times than other teams, then that means like you're kind of barely holding on. And I feel like that's kind of been the case, even for some of the games that haven't gone to overtime for them. seems like they're barely holding on in their games. Uh, Once some of these other teams get healthy and 100%, like we've seen people out, you know, for a variety of reasons already this year. So once these other teams get the full strength, I mean, I think the Wizards are probably going to dip down. I mean, we talked about teams like the Celtics, the Hawks, even really the Knicks, I think at full strength, they're probably better than the Wizards. Um, but I, I don't know. And I, I mean, I don't want to, I wouldn't, I don't think that the Bulls necessarily, I don't think we're going to fall off because I think we'll still be like one of the better teams in the East. But right now we're in first in the East, and I don't know if we'll necessarily stay there. I think we might end up like third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and we'll still be like really good going into the playoffs, uh, a serious team that you don't want to, you know, probably face in the first round for sure. But I don't know. Like, I think that teams like the Bucks, like once they get healthy, the Heat have played good already, and they're getting bam back, I think, on Monday. So, yeah, like – uh the nets as well like they just got Kyrie back at least for the away games maybe the home games uh soon too so I don't know it's just like and the Sixers as well like they've been playing great so it's it's hard and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls slid a bit in the standings but I think we should still be fine like going into the playoffs uh and we will avoid that play in for sure Garrett real quick before John before you answer just 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 about what you said about the Bulls I want to know from you um, and, and when I say contender, I mean a team who's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals for sure, maybe in the finals. Do you see the Bulls, if contender is that word, are the Bulls a contender to you in the East? They're better than the Nets, they're better than the Bucks. They're beating those teams and getting to the finals, potentially, definitely in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, it's possible, but I wouldn't really put us, at least right now, like we haven't proven enough to be in a tier with the Nets, with the Bucks, mm-hmm. um, and maybe one could even say the Heat, the way they've, I mean, they've had so many guys out, uh, you know, guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess have gotten like huge playing time for them, Omer Yurtsevin, so like mm-hmm. no one could have predicted they'd be sitting where they are right now with those guys, 
maybe like we're in a clash with like the Sixers um, or something like that. I think we're there's about probably five teams in the East that you'll want to like look out for. And we're one of those five teams for sure. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know if we're the favorite and I don't know if we're the second team. I think those are probably the Nets and Bucks, no matter how you arrange it. Uh, so until like we probably prove a little bit more, I don't think a one game edge as the first seed uh, says enough at this point in the season. Okay. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. And then, mm-hmm. and then for, for, uh, for me, man, my, my falling team is that I, I actually think it's going to be the Sacramento Kings, man. I mean, uh, like how we said, uh, they, they, we think they're going to, they're going to ship a lot of their, uh, their players come, come the trade deadline. And right now they're, they're, they're sitting in the 10th seed with that three game win streak. So, I think you know things are starting starting to look good, but things never look too good in Sacramento for too long. So, uh, so yeah, I I think that they they definitely will be the falling team. And then uh, let's let's get to our second last here, uh, halfway through the season question, and that is who has ha- had the best game performance? And I want to go first on this one, guys, because this 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 one was one of the, the this is. Honestly, a historic game, and I want to talk about November 8th, 2021, man. That was the Warriors versus the Hawks. Stephen Curry put a 50-point, a 50-point double, a 50-point double-double, 50 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, uh, uh, 7 rebounds, 100% from from the field. But what I will really want to highlight, and if you go back and watch that game, you're going to see the amount of plays that Steph Curry uh, affected the game and helped the Warriors, whether it it wasn't just come down court and, you know, shimmy, shimmy, shoot a three. He was affecting the the game uh, uh, off the the ball, man. He had a, he had a, his plus minus stat was plus 31, dog. So it's just, he just had a great game that game. Uh, So I definitely think that that's so far this season that's been the best game performance but uh but i don't know garrett if you if you, if you got one loaded up already and you you want to go you got you got some good options with demar <laughs> yeah i mean well obviously being in that pacers bulls game that one was a really like feel good game for sure mm-hmm. um you know recently like I, I believe like Giannis had a crazy game he had like a 30 point triple double in limited minutes against you know golden state so that's got to be up there and i think also like Fred Van Vliet, also his 30-point triple-double game, that was pretty insane. Ant had a nice game. I think he dropped like 48 against the Warriors, but they lost. But I think I, I'm going to roll with uh, the guy who I believe has the most points in a game so far this year, and that's Kevin Durant and uh, his 51-point game. I, I mean, like, he was just unreal. <laughs> so, and, I mean, that kind of is like the story of who KD is. But, yeah, it's just like it was just like one of those classic KD type of games. And he could probably if he wanted to, like he could have a lot more games like that. But he's more of that like consistent scorer. I think he's only had one game all year where he scored less than 20 and he scored like 19. So, I mean, that that just like says all you need to know about him. And yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a roll with that. <laughs> OK, what about you, Jay? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I was going to say that stuff, thing, but uh, I believe I don't remember when it was, honestly. But I mean, I could do a lot of Braun games, um, but one specifically, I think I can't remember who it was against, honestly, and I couldn't wasn't able to pull it up with his 40 piece. Um, I don't know if it was in a losing effort, but this guy, you, you could just name. I, I could honestly say her name a lot of games that LeBron's been eating a lot of stat lines, um, his 30, his 36, seven and eight. It's like any time I look up. Um, and look at any one of his games. He's putting kind of those numbers. But I will say his and uh, and any Jokic game, 
any just Man. any triple double game that he he's been putting yeah. up this season. But both of those guys have been balling at at MVP levels um, this year. And and obviously that KD game that you mentioned, Garrett, was great. So, but I'll say any that LeBron forty piece game where he had a, um, a triple double, I believe, um, just a historic performance, especially at his age, being able to do this. Um, speaks a lot to his IQ and how he can affect the game different ways. So, absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then, and then, last question for this halfway through the season, and this one, I really am excited to hear both of your guys' question is: Who has been the best overall player? Just best overall player through the first half of the season. Like, if you had to pick, take a number one pick from the first half of the season, who would you take? Two. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, oh, no. Go so, ahead, girl. Okay. Uh, well, so far in the season, I mean. It's it's kind of weird because I feel like, at least for like the MVP race, I feel like that's like a whole different situation. Uh, but like, who I think has been like the most important like to their team, even if they're not like number one in MVP, I think it, it's got to be like a tie probably between Nikola Jokic. I think he's putting up insane numbers. You look at his supporting cast; he's missing Jamal Murray, he's missing Michael Porter Jr., who really didn't start off the year well. And then he's been missing Aaron Gordon for a lot of games. He just got him back recently. But, I mean, all these guys have been gone for him. And it's like you got guys like Campazzo and Austin Rivers. It's like your best help. And Will Barton's missed a lot of games too. So, I think you got to give him credit there. And the other one I'm going to say is probably the guy who's been the best player in the league over the past month, and it's got to be Joel Embiid. I think that, you know, you look at the team when he plays, they're 21-9. and nine, And I, I actually – just tweeted about this before we started they're 21 and nine and they have like a plus five and a half net rating when he plays when he doesn't they're like a minus uh, almost like a minus nine net rating and they're three and eight I mean that tells you all you need to know they're losing about just about as many games with uh without him as with him except with him they've played like three-fourths of the season so I don't know I think that he's definitely got to be up there as one of the best players in the league, you look at especially all the drama that's gone, gone on with Ben Simmons and everyone's like, oh, this team needs to, to blow it up. But meanwhile, Joel Embiid's out here playing like an MVP candidate. So, Okay, what that's, about you, Jay? Yeah, I'm going to go with, go with the, the Joker, man. I, I, somehow this dude, after coming off an MVP year, is still underrated. Um, just being able to, like Garrett said, with all these guys out, including my, Michael Ford Jr., Jamal Murray, who's their second best player when he's healthy, potentially could be coming back. But to keep them afloat, two games above 500, um, to do what he's done, just put up historic, unreal numbers, um, night in, night out, affected game and in, in the number of ways he does. Even a defensive improvement, which remember a lot in the last offseason and the postseason, Draymond Green calling him out, him coming up, taking that personally and being able to, you know, play at defense defense at a higher level. Um, which is huge in his improvement as a player. And, and this guy, um, any teammate, I know any Denver, you ask any Denver Nuggets, I mean, they love playing this guy. You know, he can get them open. He get them shots that they need. Um, and he's for sure been the best player in the league, in my opinion, um, this year. But KD and, and Giannis, for me, are right there, right, above, right under him. Um, um, so the MVP race is, is – not, I know it's we're not say we're MVP, like you said, is not mm-hmm. the same as best player in the league, but 
I think Jokic has been the best player in the league this so far. So about halfway through the season. So, okay, absolutely. And honestly, uh, I really wanted to go with Giannis just because he's just been so freaking dominant. Like sometimes it generally just looks like he's playing with like playing with kids out there. And when he like gets in, like gets in the paint, it looks crazy. But the point that both you guys brought up is just so true, man. Jokic has literally held his team in place, has kept his team afloat. Like honestly, it kept his team relevant without. Jokic, they would have been they, they, they would have been probably to be real with you like not even in the playing to be real with you man so so uh so yeah I, I gotta go with Jokic because I have to take in his um his importance to the team and when he's not there how they're how they're performing and when he is there how how, how they uh how, how they perform man so uh so yeah I'm 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 right there I'm right there with you guys I'm happy we got a got a three-way tie on that one man but all right. So let's trans let's transfer it and, and transition here to talk about some games and what we saw. So first game I'm gonna talk about last night's game, um, January 14th, and that was the Golden State Warriors versus Chicago Bulls. Uh, Warriors obviously won this one big, 138 to 96, 42 point win for, for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but man, this this was this was uh, just. It was close in the first quarter, but obviously this get the game kind of all happened and, and they the Warriors were able to pull away in the second quarter um, where they won, you know, 41 to 19. Obviously, Zach Levine went down early um, with a knee injury. And luckily, um, you know, port reports actually breaking news during this episode. We saw that um, luckily and it was only some, something not serious. The Bulls um, have said that they're going to reevaluate um, Levine's knee. In a, in, in a week, um, the NR, our MRI came back negative. So luckily no structural damage or anything. So they're just taking precautions, which is great to hear. I know for Garrett, as well as any, just any, as any NBA basketball fan, uh, never want to see a guy go down early. But just a lot of um, what we saw in this game was how the Warriors respond. Obviously, they got it taken to them, um, just absolutely bullied and dominated and embarrassed, run off the floor in Milwaukee. Um, that, that game ended up, they only ended up losing by 18, but it was obviously, you know, all, all cosmetics there. They got, um, just absolutely destroyed and handled by Giannis, um, the defending champs and how would they respond the next night back to back without, uh, their leader, their offensive catalyst and Draymond Green, um, as well as Clay Thompson out of the lineup for this one. Um, and, and they responded great. You know, they started off the game um, with four straight um, buckets. I believe two of them from Andrew Wiggins come off. Um, they've been struggling shooting. They're able to come back in this one um, and shoot the ball better. Um, we saw the same thing from the Bulls. You know, Lonzo Ball hitting, I believe, three of three, um, uh, six, four of six, I believe, um, to start the game. So uh, in this one, I thought it was going to be a shootout. Um, and it ended up being kind of the opposite shootout for the Warriors and, um, you know, kind of less for the Bulls. They're, they're able to not really get score, get anything going. I think a lot of that to do is with Levine being out of the lineup. But that was just the kind of a summary and synopsis of the game. You know, second half wasn't really close. Um, besides the fourth quarter, the Bulls were able to cut down and only lose by two in that fourth quarter. But we, we got, a, uh, obviously, a big Bulls fan in here. You know, I know you, it's tough. I know if, my, if this was the Warriors, it would be tough for me to talk about. But I know you uh, on Twitter, you know, were very vocal about 
your frustrations <laughs> and what you saw from the Bulls. So I just want to hear from the man himself um, about how you felt about this game and kind of not how you felt, just what you saw in this game and kind of why the score the way it was the way it was. See, personally, like in terms of like a lot of the games that we played so far this year, the one that I wanted to win like the next matchup of the most was probably the Warriors just because of how their fans usually get on Twitter. And I'm like, okay, I want to have like that revenge. Sure enough, we come out and we lose by like 40 plus, 42, I think you said it was. Um, but yeah, like I, I even get, it got to a point where I had to turn the game off, be like, and that, that's really rare for me because it's like, you know, that's I watch almost every game. I just me the night before, man, it was <laughs> yeah. me the night before against the Bucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> dude, and, but the other thing is too, and you bring that up, that was also me the night before the Bucks game, like when they got mm-hmm. blown out by the Nets and you bring up a good point when you say like, you know, the Warriors, like they just got embarrassed the night before, how would they respond? Well, the Bulls' most recent game before that against the Nets, they got embarrassed too. And then it's like, who was going to come to respond in this game? The Bulls had kind of everything their way. You know, they were on their home court. Uh, you know, obviously they had built more momentum over the past several weeks. And then, you know, no Clay Thompson, no Draymond Green, no Gary Payton the second. And everyone's like, oh, the Bulls are going to win this. Like, this is going to be easy. Well, no, they literally got destroyed and they got embarrassed. And I saw a lot of the big problem that kind of concerns me in these two games or in yeah both these last two games and it's just like you asked me earlier John you're like where do you put the Bulls necessarily as like contenders um and I'm like I just don't see us right now as you know doing anything to this in the sense where it's like we're on the level of the Bucks, we're on the level of the Nets and part of it is coaching I think because I, I don't see anything personally from what Billy Donovan does where he actually like has us run good cohesive sets. I mean, a lot of it, he relies on isolation from DeMar DeRozan. He relies on isolation from Zach Levine. He relies on Lonzo ball to make like almost a, it's like a five second offense, five second or less offense. It's like Mike D'Antoni, but on like juiced, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to say that word, but, but you know, like, and the, it's almost like he doesn't know how to use Nikola Vucevic, doesn't know how to use Kobe White. And as a result, this is why you see these guys, they might go off one game and then they suck horribly the next game. Um, and, and it's not like this is something new for him either. Like this is the same guy who played Kyle Singler, big minutes on the 2016 OKC team. You know, the one that was up 3-1 on the Warriors, the guy that oh, played man. Raymond Felton as the backup point guard for the Thunder a few years ago when he was like, cheeseburger size at that point you know this is the guy that played Corey Brewer over Jeremy Grant you know Mm -hmm. on the 2018 team and you look at all that in hindsight the guy that buried campaign on the bench it just seems like he doesn't have a recognition for fit for situation for talent sometimes and it's annoying you know like he, he tries running out there with the smallest team possible we get destroyed in the paint and normally teams especially like when they run a zone I don't know if you guys saw the Bulls heat game like about a month or two ago they ran a zone against us and we got embarrassed like it, it was just really bad so that's what I saw from the game you know one team is able to turn it around and they have more championship experience too on their side uh and the other team didn't so like I was kind of uh, upset with that and I also was looking through a stat that uh no team ever in NBA history has won a championship 
after losing consecutive games by 25 or more. The Bulls just lost by 26 and 42. So that's you either got to rewrite history or <laughs> history is already written for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't, that's just how I felt about that game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And re- real quick to add to that, you know, a lot of that, I understand that, that frustration and, and, you know, that was great analysis from what you saw from Bulls fans perspective and just, just an NBA perspective as well, basketball perspective. But another thing I saw in that game, anytime like you're big and why I don't see the Bulls as legitimate contenders by definition of being in the Eastern Conference Finals, actually potentially being in the finals representing the East is Nikola Vucevic and that lack of front court depth until they address that need. I think Patrick Williams, like you said, would have been great to have him healthy, a young player. He's a great defender. Kawhi Light, I can see that comparison as people have said. Maybe it's early for that, but there's this very, very a lot of similarities between the two. But anytime number one against the Nets, like you said, um, Dayron Sharp, um, a, a former G Leaguer, bullying. Uh, 20 and seven against Nikola Vucevic and that backcourt for the Bulls. And then the next Nate, Kavon Looney, who I love Kavon Looney, but he should not be dominating a matchup uh, against Nikola Vucevic and the Bulls backcourt. They should take that personally um, and and eliminate and and neutralize him out of the game. And anytime he's able to to do that, I I just think it's going to be trouble for the Bulls, adding to the fact that, yeah, I don't think Billy Donovan is – you know, a great coach. Uh, and that is a proven track record of having talented teams, but not knowing how to utilize, like you said, utilize his guys being up three, one, that's just magnified, obviously, but you look to his team. Now there's a lot of pieces he can be utilizing better. Um, and he hasn't been able to do that. So uh, that's why my concerns about the bulls being contenders for that, for that by definition. I, I will uh, d- just before you get here, John, I will just add one more thing. Like, and I know like the players, like you can't excuse them because their effort the past few games has been very bad. I've been disappointed mm-hmm. with them as well. But at the same time, it's like, you know, their effort was better two, three games ago. So I'm expecting that to change. The thing that hasn't changed over the year is that Billy Donovan still isn't like adjusting to the game. You know, another thing too, like that Thunder team with KD and Russ and then the Bulls now, neither of them were, you know, really high volume three point shooting teams. So it's almost like he seems stubborn to adjust to the modern NBA. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm right there with both of you guys, you know, the Jay, you highlighted the number number one thing I, I was going to highlight, man. I don't, I don't think that, uh, that the Warriors are like a crazy good front court team. I don't think that the Warriors should be dominating you in the low post. I don't think that the Warriors should be scoring 57 points in the paint, but they did that on against, against the Chicago Bulls team because the Bulls weren't a, because Vucevic isn't being that, uh, rim protection, rim protector that, that, uh, that, that the Bulls need, man. So, I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, um, for this game, not really m- much to get into. You guys covered uh, really uh, almost all of it. Uh, the, only, the only thing is that, man, the Bulls really need uh, somebody to step up if if Zach Levine goes goes down like that again and like I and DeMar DeRozan definitely did his thing but you but at least for me like I I need to see more from from Vucevic I need to see more from Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball yes he has uh 
he tries to be a, fat, a pass for his point guard. But once Zach Levine goes out, and Zach Levine only plays the first three minutes of the game. Now you need to be extremely uh, aggressive. Now you need to attack. You need to be looking to score a bit more than just being that pass first uh, point guard, man, because yeah, the, 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 this game exposed a lot of weaknesses from, from, from the bulls, man. But overall, Great game, uh, blow out, b- blow out by the Warriors, man. So, you know, hats off, <clears throat> congratulations to the Warriors. I know Garrett, Garrett wasn't liking this one, man. But, <laughs> but it's I was awesome. not, no. That was, <laughs> was a terrible game. Like, even as a, as a Warrior fan, I thought it was going to be closer, honestly. And, you know, from blowouts from either side, it's kind of, it's not really a good watch. You know, maybe even like, and I love the win for <laughs> Warriors fans' sake, but, you know, you'd like to see a more competitive game. Um, so and it's yeah. funny because like in in practice the other day they talked to Billy Donovan and he said oh everyone has a chip on their shoulder from the Nets game and I'm like oh we're gonna come out and we're gonna like play with energy against the Warriors sure enough we play even worse yeah, so like that, that was just bad to watch and it, it, it felt embarrassing uh last night like I had an hour where I was just like man like I don't <laughs> just... like it this is just like pathetic like I, I was just like lost almost yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that 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 that's what that's what the uh, a good team would do to you man if you don't come prepared so uh so all right man so then so, so then let, let's keep it pushing man and let's talk about the mavericks the mavericks ending the grizzlies 11 game win streak last night man the mavericks won 112 uh 112 85 and guys when i tell you this game was the definition of a uh, tale of two halves i mean the grizzlies got off to a great start man they were they were forcing the mavs to 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 play up to their speed and the and that's not what the Mavs want to do. The Mavs want to play uh, the Mavs want to play a slow down type of game, but the Grizzlies and Ja want to push it, and that's what they did. And that forced the Mavs to have nine turn nine turnovers before halftime, man. So that that, that that's definitely terrible from the uh, from the Mavs. Uh, Mass perspective, and then the Grizzlies, uh, the, the the Grizzlies were able to control the pace. John Morant scored 15 of his 19 total points in the first half, so you can see that the Grizzlies just had total dominance. They outscored the Mavs both in the first quarter and and, and, and the second quarter. Second quarter, but most importantly, they were able to contain Luca. Luca only had nine points coming into c- c- coming into the first half, and then halftime hit. And guys, when I tell you everything changed. I, I really felt like I was watching Space Jam and like the Monstars just came and just <laughs> took Jaw's powers because Luca just be, all of a sudden became Jaw. Like Luca literally had a, a basically a perfect second half, right? He had, he had 18 of his 27 points in the second half, seven of his, uh, uh, of his uh, 12 total rebounds in the second half and only missed two shots, man. So he was just, he had an, he had an amazing second half and he's the, he's a big reason that, that, that they won this game. But just real quick, before I keep talking about Luca, I just want I don't want Jalen Brunson to get overlooked here, guys, because Jalen Brunson is constantly getting overlooked. And he has been keeping the Mavs honestly alive for, for these games that, that, that Luke has been on the bench or these games that that, that, that Luke has missed. Uh, he, this game, he, he scored 15 points, nine assists on 53 percent from the field. And what I found most impressive was that he he actually played more minutes than Luca and he was a primary ball handler. He only had one turnover to Lucas six turnovers. So like, that's, that's definitely something that I just, I just want, I just want people to, you know, 
keep in mind, you mentioned that Jalen Brunson is a solid backup uh, backup guard in 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 this in this league, man. And then and then just so you know, uh, real quick, you know, I, I just I remember I said everything changed in that second half, and the Grizzlies, who only had five turnovers in the first half, ended up with fourteen turnovers by the end of the game, man. So they just started just playing extremely sloppy. Uh, they they just really collapsed, and the Mavs defense turned up, and then John Morant, the person who scores. Who's, who actually leads the league right now in points in the third quarter, only scored two third quarter points. And then that was, that ended up being all she wrote, man. The Mavs took it, took it home. And Luca didn't even have to play the last, the last uh, four minutes of the game because the Mavs already had it in the bag, man. So I don't know if you guys were able to catch that game. Uh, so I don't know if you guys want to give some, some thoughts on it, but overall, man, just tale of two halves, but a uh, great performance by Luca, man. Yeah. I yeah. caught uh, parts of the game. Uh, obviously like I was still a little bit like, you know, upset from the Bulls <laughs> and how they got going up. But no, I, I mean, I, I did catch like kind of the end of the game. And I think it was important for the Mavericks. I mean, like they did also just end like when we were on a nine game winning streak, the Mavericks were the ones who ended that. And now they come up and end the Grizzlies 11 game winning streak. So I think that they're trying to like make a statement there. And I think honestly, Luca made, yeah, yeah, it might not have been his best game of the season, like statistically. But I think this was probably like his biggest statement game of the year because you know what everyone's been saying like all year long, like outside of like Curry, of course. I think everyone's talking about like who's that next point guard, and everyone's like John Moran, Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Luca hasn't gotten that respect because he's been out like a long time, and mm-hmm. he probably took it personally to the point where it's like, all right, like I'm gonna show him up. Like when we play head to head, I think it's kind of similar to like what kind of Dame did to Luca last year. And he saw it as like, all right, now it's my turn to teach these guys like what I'm about. You know what I mean? So I, I think it was important for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised that the Grizzlies like kind of just folded at the very end there. But of course, like there is some exhaustion. Um, you can't really fault them that much when they go on an 11 game winning streak. And they had a lot of big wins too, like over that time that I think like, you know, it shows that they're kind of like a serious team. You still can't overlook them, but yeah, the Mavericks, you know, if they're healthy, you know, who knows like what they could do in the playoffs. I mean, they've always given, gave the Clippers a scare. Um, But of course, you know, Kawhi was always playing like elite as well and they always got the job done. So I don't know, like I don't think teams really want to see the Mavericks at full strength in the playoffs either, but that's just what I think. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think it was a huge game for the Mavericks. Um, number one, and one of the biggest reasons for that is um, they had been go- going into their last game in the previous game against the Knicks, where they lost by 22. Obviously, a very bad loss to a, you know a struggling up and down 500 Knicks team. They had won six straight games. To that to your point, um, Garrett, you know in that stretch they beat the Bulls, um, they beat the Nuggets. And they beat the um, and the Warriors, um, so that's a huge, a lot of confidence they've been building. And it was kind of a letdown loss um, again against the Knicks at the Garden, um, losing by 22. And you're gonna get knocked out. You're gonna get knocked down. Um, you're gonna have some bad losses, you know, as we've seen with the Bulls, as we've seen with the Warriors. Um, but it's about you can judge the character and, and kind of the grit and grind of a team is how they respond the next game. And they respond beautifully against, you know, the surging um, uh, Grizzlies who had won um, 11 straight there. And, you know, they won in a dominant fashion too. So um, definitely something to build on for, for the Mavericks who are, are really rolling. 
um, right now winning, you know, six of the last um, seven or seven of the last eight. So, um, you know, I think, you know, another, like you said, to your point, Garrett, about Luca kind of proving and, and putting that talk to rest for now, I guess, and getting the best of Ja, who I believe uh, in the next five years, who John asked me who would I have between Trey, Luca, and, and Jason Tatum out of those, I would personally take Ja, but you know, Luca, you know, big listener of Clutch Talk, heard that and I was like, man, okay, I hear you and, and put together a performance and put his team in a position to win by a lot. So, uh, that's, yeah, key takeaways are, you know, a little bit to say to that. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that, that was a great game. And yeah, um, I mean, it was Luca. It was Luca versus Ja, man, and we, we definitely got to see uh, two, two, two great talents and now we get to really watch them grow up we're, we're gonna get to watch you know as nba fans nba lovers we're gonna get to watch these guys go from these young cats that they are to the ogs in the game so we we're blessed man just to, to get to get to watch those guys nice. so all right guys so then so then let, let's go ahead and start to you know uh wrap the episode up and garrett i i know i know you kind of like a little bit uh new new to clutch talks but over here we we do a player of the week uh every single every single week man and uh this is one of me and jay's favorite episodes because we like to talk about you know who's been who, who who's had a great week and i want to kick mine off first only because jay for the first time we got a two-time we got a back-to-back player of the week because last week this guy was also my player of the week but this week he is going to be it again. This he, he just earned it, man. And that's John Morant, dog. John Morant out of those last ten games, he's twenty-seven points, six rebounds, six assists, shot fifty-one percent from the field, seventy-four percent from the free throw line, forty-one percent, forty-one percent from three. But what's most impressive is that he only had one loss, and it was his loss last night to the uh, to, to to the Mavericks. So just huge hats off to Ja, uh, doing a great job, and and honestly locking himself as that All Star starter for that. For, for that second guard uh, over Luca, man. But uh, Jay, I don't know if you got yours loaded up and ready to go yet, but <laughs> y- you ready or what? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think Jaw is a great one, but, but since he, he got it last year or last week for us, I'm going to go with Mr. Buzzer beater um, this week, Brandon Ingram, um, who's been balling this past week for the Pelicans kind of keep them in the, in the play-in conversation. Um, if you want to say that, you know, in this past week, averaging the last four games, averaging uh, 27.8 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, uh, 6.3 assists on 54% from the field, um, 53% from the three-point line and 89% from the free-throw line. So he's just been, you know, making an all-star push. Um, doubt he'll get that. But, you know, leading to the, the uh, Pelicans to a 3-1 and one record in that span um, in this past week. So, Got to give it to my guy, B.I. There's some praise for that. Okay. But, Garrett, who you got? Yeah, I mean, I was I was definitely thinking about both Ja and Brandon Ingram. I think I'm going to roll with personally, though. I mean, I believe he's averaging about 25 or so points per game over the last four. Uh, and they're on a four-game winning streak. And I'm going to go with Tyler Hero. You know, the way he's mm-hmm. played off the bench, I think that not, only, not enough people are really talking about him. I mean, like, really not enough people are talking about the Heat which is weird because they're like one of the bigger markets probably in the league. And they've been without Bam at a bio for so much time. They've been without Jimmy Butler. I think he's missed like 15 games now, but Tyler hero, you know, he's played just about every game and he's been like kind of their first option throughout the season. Uh, and he's averaging over 20 points a game and the way he's played over the past few games, I mean, and they haven't lost, I, I got to give him credit there. 
Um, don't know if he'll be an all-star, but he'll definitely get some consideration for it. And I think that he kind of deserves to get that consideration. Okay, for sure. I like that, man. Tyler Hero, Brandon, uh, Brandon Ingram, man. So, so you guys at home, you guys let us know who who is your player of the week. Is it Jaws or Brandon Ingram? Is it Tyler Hero? Is it somebody else, man? So you guys, you know, uh, go ahead and let us know in the comment section down below. And then last uh, last segment that we got here is just game predictions, man. So when you guys will be here in this episode, is it going to be Monday, January 17th? And we got a good slate of games. So you guys ready to run off your predictions? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, cool. So first game of the first game on Monday is going to be the Pelicans versus the Celtics. I think this is a this is a trap game. And especially the way the Pelicans have played um, it. I don't I don't know. Are the Celtics the home team? The Celtics are the away team. Oh, yeah. Then I'm I'm a a roll Pelicans. I think that the way they've been playing, I think they're going to take. Yeah, me too. Go with Pelicans in that one. Pelicans, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Pelicans on that one as well. And the next game of the day, we got the New York Knicks versus the Hornets. I'm going to go with the Hornets. Ooh. Um, yeah, get, give, me, give me Charlotte. Until, until D. Rose comes back, it's hard to hard yeah. – hard <laughs> <D>. Rose <laughs> works. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys, Charlotte, man. Uh, and then 76ers versus the Wizards. 76ers versus the Wizards. I'm going to go with the 76ers. Can't ever count out Joel. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. First first round rematch from last year. I'm a, I'm a roll with uh Philadelphia though as well. Me too. I'm right there rolling Philadelphia. But it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be Brooklyn versus the uh versus the Cavs. See the Cavs Ooh. gave them a lot of troubles last year. Um but is it so wait, is the game in Cleveland or is it in Brooklyn? The game is in give me a second, let me check. Uh it is in Cleveland. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with Brooklyn. I think, uh, you know, they should have Kyrie, so I'm going to take them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brooklyn as well. Yeah, with Kyrie, all those guys. I think the length of Cleveland will bother uh, the Nets, but I still think they'll, with uh, with that trio, um, I don't think anyone's beating them at full strength. Okay, I'm 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 asking to swerve. I'm actually going to swerve on this one, man. Just what you said, Jay. That length, I think, is really gonna is really gonna get to them. Uh, I mean, we know the Nets do not have the greatest big men, and the uh, so the Cavs have three. Uh, not great, but you would say above average big man. What you mean? Um, they got Dayron Sharp, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. My fault. Nah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, Jay. My fault. The Bulls killer, Dayron Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So then, so then, this is gonna be a really good game. This is gonna be the Bulls versus the Grizzlies. Who you guys got on that one? Oh, I'm I'm going with, and I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies just because it's on. Uh, I think it's on NBA TV, isn't it? The TNT. Game? Or TNT, oh, well, it's even more of a spotlight. The Bulls <laughs> haven't played good on national television at all this year. Uh, you know, they played bad against the Warriors twice. They played bad against the Nets, and they played bad against Philly. I'm, I'm taking the Grizzlies. Okay. What about you, Jay? I'm going to go with the Grizzlies as well in this one. Um, I, I, especially we don't know the health of Zach. Um, if he's probably, he's definitely, he's going to be out for that game. Um, I think it's just another hurdle for for. Uh, for the Bulls, so I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies in that one. Yeah, I'm bounce rocking. Back. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm rocking with the Grizzlies. Big bounce back as well. And then the next game is the Pacers versus the Clippers. That's Ooh. a hard one. It's a hard, one. <laughs> it, it, it's a hard one because you think the Clippers would win because you know it's just like the Pacers, but the Pacers always get 
these weird wins and the Pacers always choke at the end of the game. So I don't, man, uh, I'm going to be safe though. I'm going to roll with the Clippers. They've been the better team this year. So I'm going to take them. Right there with you, Clippers. In that one. Okay, I'm 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 gonna go with the Pacers on that one. I've been watching some some Pacers game, and the Pacers definitely got. I know I feel you, Garrett. They definitely pull off those games that they're not supposed they're, to. They're a weird team. <laughs> they're definitely a weird yeah. team. Okay, and then and then what about the <laughs> Jay put the little shocked emoji. <laughs> All right, and then uh, what about the uh, the Bucks versus the Hawks? To be a good game. Uh. I disagree. I don't think it'll be a good game. I think the Bucks will just destroy them, honestly. Okay. Uh, All right. But yeah. Yeah, I got the Bucks big in that one as well. Bucks by four hundred. Yeah. They're on a roll. They're they're just with or without Drew Holiday. They're they're sending a message right now to the league. So Bucks, absolutely, absolutely. Big. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go I'm gonna go with the the Bucks on that one. Um, I'll do I do think it'll be. It'll be, it'll be somewhat of a good game. Uh, and then we got the Blazers versus the Magic. Uh, I'm going to go – it's hard betting on Portland, uh, especially in these times. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe the Magic are on like – well, they just ended it, I think, the other day. But they, they were on a huge losing streak. Uh, I think that will probably start up again. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Portland. Yeah, I'm going to take Portland and CJ's return game as well, uh, I think. It's going to be a huge boost for them. Um, and uh, there'll be, you know, Ant, Ant Simons. Um, it's kind of a homecoming game for him as well. Expect a big game out of him. So Portland and Owen. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, I'm taking Portland as well. And Garrett, I agree with you. It's hard to bet on Portland, but I think it's even harder to bet on the Magic because <laughs> yeah. they're hitting 35. So, so then yeah. let's, let's get to the next game. And that's the Raptors versus the Heat. Who you guys got on that one? Mm. See, I got the Heat in that one. Uh, is it Bam, return of Bam as well? Um, I think that's going to be a jolt of energy, adrenaline boost for them. So I think they're going to be fired up. But I know the the Raptors are going to be hungry and ready to bounce back, especially against that bad loss against the uh, Pistons. I know they're playing tonight as well, but uh, they're going to try to get back on a roll. Um, so, but I'm going to go Heat. Is this uh, is this game in Toronto or is it in Miami? To my, Miami. Okay. Um... You know what? I'm 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 still gonna go with a weird one. I haven't done any like this yet. I'm gonna go with the Raptors because okay. I think I think they'll show up that night. Okay, I'm 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 gonna go with Jay on this one, man. I'm gonna gonna go with the Heat. And then the next game we got is the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Mavs. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah, Dallas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then the Spurs versus the Suns. Suns. Yep, <laughs> same thing. I'm, yeah. I'm going with Phoenix there. Okay, and then last game, last game of the day is the Utah Jazz versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, give me, give me the Utah Jazz. Um, I think Rudy Gobert should be back by then, and they've been really bad without him. Um, and I think they're going to be more motivated now. I don't know if you guys saw like the thing he said about like Devin Booker and like Donovan Mitchell, like you know, liked that tweet about it. So. I think he's kind of upset about that, and I think he's going to come out and, like, kind of put on a show, make a statement. Um, but, yeah, I think the Jazz, they should have Gobert back by then. So, if, if that's the case, I think that they'll win. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Jazz in that one as well. But, Gary, what did he say? I didn't actually even see that. What did uh, Gobert say? Or he, like said some, he said something about how, like, the Suns players, um, you know, like, not just, like, 
their interior, but like everyone's playing like collective team defense or something like that. And then he like pinpointed like on Devin Booker and then Donovan Mitchell ended up liking the tweet. Like, okay, like I, I see you. It's almost like one of those things. Um, And I think, I think he was kind of like ticked off by it because like, all right, like you never said this about me. And also Uh like people were talking about like, remember the beef they had like back when the pandemic started and the shutdown happened Mm -hmm. and like, they were the two that got it. So, I, all that started like coming back around, but I don't know. Like I, I, th- I think Mitchell, like he also kind of like puts like his mouth, like, like what he says or whatever, like he kind of just shows it like on the court. Um, so I, I think that he'll do that. And I don't know if they play before that game, but um, I, I still think that they'll do it against the Lakers. Okay, for sure. And then uh, uh, if Rudy Gobert is back, I mean, honestly, this this will be a first time on this sh- on the show for these picking plays. I'm not I'm not picking I'm not picking my. You always got to go with your team, but I care more about being right than I care about just picking my team. And if Rudy Gobert plays, and there's no AD. Sheesh, boy, <laughs> boy, is that gonna be scary? But uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna go go with the Jazz on this on that one, man. But all right, guys. So man, this this was. You know, a longer one, but definitely a great episode. Garrett, man, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on, talking some hoops with us. It was just so, so much fun, man. But um, Garrett, you got you got any last words to say before we, we, we get off here? Oh, man, I mean, I appreciate you having me back on. Uh, I think it was good to talk about everything uh, except the Bulls blowout losses. But, <laughs> but um, no, nah, I mean, I, again, thanks for having me on. And hopefully, like, the people at home enjoy the episode. Yes, sir, man. What's up, Jay Hill? Any last words? Yeah, Garrett, appreciate you coming on as, as usual. Um, that's about it, man. Yes, yes, sir, man. So for all the fans, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And if you guys want to check out some of Garrett's work, I will link all of his work, his Twitter, his social media, his everything in the description down below. So make sure you get at him, man. And that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace.